0: Welcome to episode 9 of the Multifarious Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in with us today. Uh, So I hope you enjoy. Uh, Today I am rejoined by my co-host Tom Henderson after his week-long vacation in Scotland last week. Uh, So hopefully we'll be back to a more consistent upload schedule, even though I know I say that every episode. Uh, But yeah, we go over his trip, just kind of go over some of the highlights. Play a lot of golf, so he had like a crash course for his friends for golf snc uh, which I found pretty interesting. So we talk about about that. Then we shift gears and go into sort of music and caffeine as modalities for lifting arousal or just getting hyped, and you know the different ways you can do it. It gets very esoteric and you know in the minutiae of our teenage minds, so it gets it uh, gets a bit weird. But I think it's pretty good. I mean, I had a lot of fun uh gets a bit deep hopefully i don't trigger anyone um so yeah any comments questions or concerns reach out to me at salugi underscore a on instagram shoot me an email at info at dot com or check out the website link will probably be in the bio check out tom i'll have his stuff in the description as well you know him already uh yeah without further ado please enjoy the episode
1: so trip recap first obviously is in order
2: well, oh, of my uh, golfing expedition into Scotland. Yeah, it was um, it was good. We did um, an eight-day trip. I played eight rounds of golf in eight days. My friends all played nine, uh, and that's because we met up with one of our old teachers from school. And the max you can have in one group is four, and there were five of us, and we didn't want to split into a three and a two. So I just said. Listen, I played two rounds of golf on the first day. It was my first ever two rounds of golf. And I just said, listen, I'm probably not going to want to play golf the day after. So I offered to caddy. So I used my meat headedness and just said, I will pick up things and carry for you. And yeah, it was good. Um, the first course we played on was really hilly and either side of each fairway. It was just like thick, dense gorse bushes. So just spiky as, as anything. And um, there were other guys on the course. So I just started chatting to us and they said, Oh, have you been playing for long? And I said, Nah, first round. And he turns to me in his really thick Scottish accent. He goes, This isn't the course you want to be playing for your first round. And I was like, Well, thanks for letting me know that now. Um, and yeah, the rest was history, really. The week, the week, Went pretty swimmingly, actually. Everything worked out well, our accommodation. And yeah, it was just nice to get away from reality for a bit and just chill out. Because thinking back, I haven't had a week's break from all forms of training for well over a year, year and a half. Because every time I've traveled before, I've always made sure, oh, I need to find somewhere to train. And I was a bit obsessive in that way. I just wouldn't, I didn't want to take a break. But actually now, knowing what I do, taking that week out, I was quite happy to.
1: Yeah, it's a good time too, right? Because you're happy that your rugby
2: season starts fairly soon. Yeah, so this is our first week of pre, they're they're pre-season fixtures, but it's just as full on as our regular season would be. It's just there's a little less pressure put on the games. So we're not necessarily up to top standards. It's not that big a deal. But obviously, personally, I want to try to keep the ball rolling all the way up until I go off to university because that's when rugby will get all the more serious, hopefully.
1: That's interesting.
2: I don't know if your friends
1: were equally as meathead oriented, but like must have been weird. Like just five just random dudes jump juice yoked to the gills just walking around these Scottish golf plays. No,
2: nah, so one of my one of my friends has been at university for the past year and he's just been like enjoying life, partying and whatnot within the scope of what we've been allowed to do. So
1: yeah, fair enough
2: so for the most part you could always still go out and drink and stuff in the UK when lockdowns weren't bad and then my other two friends are rugby players as well but not like big blokes like their positions don't require them to be big so they're not big they, they train, the two of them still trained but not as seriously so I was sort of the one that was twitching like oh, we actually took a pair of them Oh no, we took a pair of adjustable dumbbells. Oh,
1: that's awesome.
2: So it's a my friend, bag for them. No, my friend has the um, so we took two cars. We did um oh, so it was like a six and a half hour drive up to Scotland from where we are. And my friend had these two 40 kilo adjustables and he had them in the footwells in the back seats of his car. Oh, and so it was essentially like having another person in the car. So it wasn't too bad and unfortunately we only whipped them out once on the whole trip (laughs) and so it was a really sunny day and we were driving up past Loch Ness and we found a smaller lock that would hopefully be a bit warmer so we could do some freshwater swimming and just sort of have like a beach day um, down by a lock and we found a beautiful little spot and from where we parked it was about a 200 yard walk across a field and with two gates on either side and we decided oh we'll take the dumbbells out we'll get the resistance bands out and we'll do a little sort of gym sesh down on the beach because there's only like one other family there so we, d- we didn't want to necessarily just like start weirding <laughs> out tons of people by oh, grunting man. lifting 40 kilo dumbbells but <laughs> i'm about to expose myself here but um to get f- the dumbbells across i essentially had to do a 200 yard farmer's carry with these <laughs> like with 40 kilos in each hand which doesn't sound like much but when you're in sliders walking across like a bumpy with like a bumpy field um it was pretty difficult and actually about 50 yards in I was building up some steam I was like properly going for this like I wanted to do it in one and just out of nowhere my right foot just goes from underneath me Oh. and so I stack it with these dumbbells in my hands and luckily I sort of had the reaction just to let go of them so they just flew off to the side and as I looked down it was a dried cow pat that I had stepped oh. in and oh, so luckily I didn't actually get any on me but I was just like I was so happy it was dry and hot weather that that thing yeah. dried up because otherwise That's it could have been messy yeah. yeah the dumb shit we do for dumbbells on a beach man must have been must have been an experience though. Yeah, it was. It was good, and um, I sort of got to play around with a few things that I'd I'd been thinking about because obviously playing nine rounds of golf in eight days isn't normal. That's not a normal sort of density of golf. And so I was I was constantly do a milit- podcast was,
1: exclusively about golf
2: density. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um. So I was I was thinking the guys are going to need something to sort of keep them ticking over in terms of just some basic S and C, just to make sure we've touched the general areas that could end up being restricted in movement. So I sort of gave them a little golf S and C session on the beach and then they went off swimming and I was like, time to get a pump. Oh, and just yes. Me and one of my other mates cracked out the resistance bands and just started curling.
1: Now,
2: the smart stuff's going to need to do some bicep curls. Call it a day. Yeah. Let's yeah. Was, um, so, most of the stuff we explored with the movements around golf was just a lot of protraction, retraction. But when you golf swing, one side will protract and the other side retracts. So, it was almost incorporating that movement. So, I was essentially getting them to do a dumbbell row, but with a reach with the unloaded mm-hmm. hand. So as they reach with the loaded hand, they're bringing the unloaded hand up to their body and then obviously reversing that movement as they row. So then reaching with the unloaded hand down just to get a certain degree of thoracic spine rotation because one of my friends who picked up a little sort of discomfort in his lower back, one thing I noticed was he lacked T-spine, the ability to rotate through his thoracic spine and so it was sort of compensating with that and sort of almost trying to force it through unnecessary amounts of movement through his hips and through and you could see it was sort of aggravating his lumbar time. spine a little bit. Yeah. And sort of he had some SI joint pain around that. So because that's one thing your lumbar spine doesn't really want to do. It doesn't want to yeah. rotate. Like the further down you go, the less and less your vertebra wanna yeah, rotate. Get bigger. I
1: feel like an like, like if you had access to a gym. I don't know, and this is just conceptualizing for golf c but like that kind of row that Shallow does where like he has the two handles, and so one of them is pulling, and so you're in that sort of protraction one side, and then as you retract and sort of add up the other, like that would be a staple golfing S&C movement.
2: Yeah, I I, I did sort of look at look at something like that, but with limited equipment on a beach, I was just like, What's okay. the what's the best best way I can try and emulate this? And then we and then Two of my friends were like, all right, we're done. We did some upper body stuff. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and, what, and then one of my friends was like, oh, can we do something for my hips? This is the same guy with the bit of SI joint pain. What are you and doing? So, we, so we just did, you know, 90-90 and then contralateral Bulgarian split squats for him. And that seemed to – because he – I've done a bit – it's the same guy I was um, talking about in Killian's lab, actually. Hmm. Um, yeah. And he – lacks a certain degree of uh, internal rotation in in both hips actually one hip is slightly worse than the other Mm -hmm. and so for him when i did do his programming it was a lot of contralateral game split squats contralateral um rdls just really focusing on getting him to rotate around that hip so yeah Yeah, it was quite fun actually to to test things out and almost push myself because the only people I've ever programmed for are people who just want to get big people who want to get big and strong for rugby or gym pop so actually delving into a rotational sport that I'm myself learning being a fairly novice golfer um was a bit of a challenge and I say fairly novice I mean very (laughs) novice golfer that's really cool I mean uh, sport specificity is my new uh hobby is not the
1: right word my new infatuation that's, like, like, every single podcast we've done so far has been asking someone about some form of, you know, sports specificity. That's pretty cool. I, I, hope, I don't know if you listened to Dan's one, but he... They, you were referenced once where he was, like, uh, you thought he was talking with the landmine Cossacks. He was like, yeah, but he's whining about that, hasn't he? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, knew it. Uh,
2: uh, they hurt really bad. <laughs> my, um, my left glute made after my second set on the first week of my last block started cramping up It's always and, left hip. and yeah it was horrible I thought it was going to be my right hip because my right hip was the sucky hip with my mm. front squat that was the one that just wanted where my knee was just going all over the place yeah and then here's yeah, my left one and I was like don't you start letting me down now <laughs> the right hip's giving me enough trouble
1: oh uh, yeah I
2: you think you've sorted one side, then the other side just, just starts to. Yeah, and you get
1: two to work on because you stop working one. You're like, okay, let me figure out this other one, and then they both hurt. And you're like, that is enough. There. Yeah, uh, it's a pain. Yeah. So you'd mentioned wanting to get into training intensity. I'm not entirely sure the details of it, but yeah, what, what were you thinking of that?
2: So yeah, I was just thinking, just discussing around um, sort of all the different ways in which people get to the point where they need to send it so in terms of like the modalities you use so whether that's like caffeine music or if you're like kk getting like slapped in the face by an angry russian man um you know stuff like that it's um i just thought it'd be an interesting topic of conversation that we could delve into
1: yeah i saw this uh, this video a little while back about this guy who's going for like a spot pr or whatever and so his coach comes up to him with, like, like, like a plate, like, just clobbers him on, like, the back of the head and, like, the upper back with it. I was like, I don't know if that's what you want to do. Like, that's, <laughs> Give that's someone a method. mild concussion before they left. Don't, don't do that. I was just, just mentioning that. That's not, not advice from us. But yeah, like, w- what do you think? W- what are your go-tos? I'm going to assume caffeine. I know you're, like, the Metallica guy.
2: Yeah, so... <laughs>
1: what else do you need to
2: So... Yeah, so the two biggest things I use, I used to use ammonia, but then I just got bored of it because at the point it just started making my nose hurt, Um, and also I felt like I was overusing it. So I've I've still got like a couple of bottles lying around. Ammonia
1: so like, for his leg
2: press set. Oh no, I was never that bad, but like last last so roughly around this time last year, maybe about thirteen fourteen months ago, I did a fairly aggressive squat peak. I did the um, like I mentioned before the jeff nipper squat specialization program i did a very aggressive squat peak and then on that last day i reserved my ammonia and went full send and but sort of ever since then i just can't really be bothered to do it because i felt the um sort of overall fatigue i felt afterwards was just amplified a bit because i was getting to that higher sort of sympathetic state nearly but getting back down from that took a while and then when I did I just felt rough and so now sort of my main two modalities that I'll use to get to the state where I'm hitting top set intensity would be yeah caffeine um for one although my close friends who know me well know that I consume probably a bit too much caffeine on a (laughs) day-to-day basis I have been called dependent um whether that's right or wrong or not you can decide but um (laughs) um but yeah music's the biggest one that i've played i've played around with sort of caffeine's always stayed fairly constant um Mm -hmm. i usually sort of like switch it up so for some training blocks i've taken pre-workouts i've sort of stopped now i take a fairly low caffeine dose energy drink before a workout um and that gives me sort of just a little bit I need just to, it, it's pro- and part of it, yeah, probably is some sort of physiological benefit, but also part of it is probably just psychological, me thinking I've had my energy drink, I feel good, I will now go to work. So, yeah, so what, what are your main modalities that you use? And then we can maybe start, because I know we've spoken about this in the DMs, about the music, but we can then sort of delve a bit deeper into that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not huge on it. Like,
1: I've taken pre-workout, like, once, maybe. So I'm not, I don't know, I'm not huge on stimulants. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even drink coffee at the start of this year. Like, that's me drinking obviously a new thing. I have way too much sugar, so I'm not, like, a, one of those purest coffee drinkers. You're like, oh, you know, I know you're, like, you only take it black, so, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not like that. Like, I'm, I'm fancy's not the right word. I do I like my cappuccinos, just leave me alone. Um, but, yeah, so really just coffee as of late and then like i'm the music guy i think music is an interesting one obviously it's very subjective you know depending on what people enjoy but like have you is there a deeper aspect to your music choices because i know a lot of people uh i may or may not be guilty of this but like the music that they pick is not necessarily simply for a hype factor of like really upbeat or like really loud or speedo music but like because there's some sort of like emotional attachment to it, like an emotional aspect to it. Do you find that a lot with like, you know, do you experience that with your music or it's kind of just whatever's loudest kind of (laughs) on.
2: So, yeah, I think there's, there's sort of two ways you can approach the music usage for getting to that sort of heightened state of readiness. And that is, yeah, you either pick songs that you associate a feeling or a certain emotion too that you want to tap into or you just go for the one that is loud and will just get you amped up regardless so um yeah so it yeah it really just depends on like the kind of mood i feel like i need to get into i feel like it does vary session by session there's some days where i will be really energetic and probably don't need to get amped up but to maybe push myself that little bit more I need to almost go deeper mentally and get not actually like sad but go go to sort of a bit more of like a internally more aggressive place rather than just being amped up so there are certain songs yeah that will do that you know you chuck on a bit Linkin Park try not to cry and then squat you know that's the way it works um But but yeah, no, I definitely think you can approach it sort of that one one of two ways. Um, For me, I'd split my music into three separate playlists. So I have like a warm up slash, I call it like the parasympathetic playlist that I have. So that's just, you know, sort of some soft jams, bit of T-Swift, bit of country, um, just fully mellow out. And I usually stick that on in my warm ups, or I'll pop a podcast on in my warm ups, just something I can listen to that will make the time pass by whilst I do the stuff that's not necessarily that exciting. Then, as we start to warm up, I'll probably still leave the podcast on until I get to around the working weight. And then I might put on something a bit softer than maximal effort sort of music that I'd use. And just to sort of start preparing myself, so now I'm associating the weight's getting heavier, but now I'm more ready to handle heavy weight mentally. so I'm now starting to up my sort of mental state of readiness and and then I just try build and build and build that, and then I have a handful of songs that what I'll pull out for the top set work because I know that they're the ones I'll probably skip if they come up on a shuffle any time that's not in the gym because I don't know about you but I don't want to be like driving to the supermarket listening to Rage Against the Machine like head banging in the driver's seat and end up going however many miles an hour over the speed limit you know you don't want to get amped up and just or oh, I don't want to be like them making breakfast, like whisking eggs and suddenly like Pantera comes on and currently there's like eggs all over the kitchen because I've just got too hyped. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I, uh, I used to be the kind of person, like I was never, I was never into like super like loud or screamo music. Like the rock, the rock that I listen to is still fairly like soft rock, I guess you'd call it. Like indie Europe, So yeah, I was never like a screamo or, you know, death metal, heavy metal person. But I did used to listen to music, like, you know, exclusively for the hype. And that was more like when I listened to rock music, uh, sorry, rap music. Um, but I found at some point that I just didn't like listening to it because I just, I, I felt, I just got such a big head listening to it. Like, which is funny considering I was like, I don't know, like 150 or 60 pounds at the time. Like, with like a 200 pound total. But yeah, I just, I just felt so arrogant. And like, it was just, it was not good for, you know, person I'm trying to be so I start listening to rap and now it's mostly stuff that I can maybe I don't know relate to is the best word but like I'll understand the lyrics and I'll like I'll think about them so like I'm not just listening to it purely for the way it sounds so I don't know more sort of I guess quote-unquote relatable music
2: um, yeah it's um yeah. so I was probably tapping more into sort of the emotional side of like how the music actually makes you feel instead of it just pumping you up to you know max levels of arousal. I think yeah, one I like, thing that could... No, no, go on, go on.
1: No, it's a bit of both, obviously. Like, you know, I'm not going to listen to, like, country music for my top sets, but, you know, it's a bit of both, right? Like, it's a hype song that, like, you know, has a fast BPM or whatever. But I understand it. I like, like the lyrics or whatever. Uh, and it's, I find it what's, it's interesting. I actually, I find it difficult to even listen to music now for, like, my barbell work because I've gotten so used to filming most of my sets. So that, like I'm actually like this, I don't want to call it silence because the gym's terrible club music is still in the background. but Like at least I'm able to kind of focus on what I'm doing. But I find that when I'm not filming, and because I can't film and play music at the same time because like the way my headphones work. So whenever I'm not filming, I can actually listen to music. And I find that even if, I, I never play really upbeat stuff for my verbal work, but even if it's just like normal hype music, it's still like I'll throw my technique off. Like I'll go too fast or I won't get pauses where there should be pauses. I'll lose control. Uh, It's interesting.
2: Yeah, that's one thing I was going to mention is like anybody who's newer to training and also any coaches that are training newer lifters, it's being able to differentiate between the movements you're using to develop a skill and the movements where you are going to push output, i.e. send it and then differentiate you know maybe when I'm trying to teach someone how to squat and I'm getting them to do some working sets in air quotes i.e it's going to challenge them but not to the point where they reach any form of technical breakdown because you're trying to drill into them you know this is what a perfect repetition looks and feels like you're probably not going to try get them amped up because at that stage you know learning those movements is still going to be some sort of conscious cognitive process where they are having to think through one or two cues that you've given them or they're gonna have to think about their brace or whatever it is they have to think about within that movement what you don't want to distract from that whereas if you throw some let's say you've done squat as a skill movement and they you want to get some output and some quad size then you throw them on a leg press by all means whack on the death metal and just say go Yeah, I think that it's it's one of
1: those things that's just so I don't know if the right word is it's just so specific and I don't want to say this, but it's like it's one of those small things that I I just enjoy the you know the minutia. But like, yeah, just different different paces or different types of music for different kinds of failure. I think is a good way to put it. My technical failure songs are different from my metabolic failure songs. That's like the most like nerd polo clipboard thing ever said ever but again yeah like it it matters how far i take sense because like yeah i'm not gonna go you know balls to the walls on my deadlift because i will pass out or herniate all of my discs
2: yeah it is yeah and, and it is very athlete client whatever you want to call them dependent because they also or even personally you're gonna have a different you're gonna have a different need person by person and also that person's probably gonna have a different need day by day because when someone walks into a gym their mood is never gonna be the same exact same one day after another and oh, oh what i was gonna say is there's a good app that you can use if you don't want your music to cut out whilst you film It's called Media Monster. This is not an ad. This is not a plug. It's just the (laughs) app that I use if I need to record a set where I'm really going to send it and I still need my music on.
1: Yeah, I might actually have to check that out.
2: But the only weird thing is that I don't like is if you don't get the full version, it flips your video. It kind of of throws me off when I watch them back. So I'm like,
1: something's not right here. And then I
2: realize I'm the wrong way around.
1: I think you can actually flip it. Like if you just save it to your camera roll, there's like a, you can add it in your camera roll. That's interesting. That I'm curious to check that out.
2: But yeah, so I started using that a couple of months ago now when, um, when I started working with Dan as my coach because I just, he, he kept wanting me to film stuff and I kept getting fed up of the smartphone camera constantly cutting yeah. out my music whilst I was trying to send it. And then even then I was sending it and ending up about two RAR short of where I was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I, I think some you could probably do it on the Snapchat camera, but it cuts it like one minute. So like, if you're like me and take like 30 seconds to get under a bar, then gonna be kind of pointless. Uh, so that's interesting. And like, there's an interesting larger conversation. I might've posted about it a while ago, but music for some people, I don't want to call it a band-aid, but like, and I'm like a purist kind of when it comes to the gym. Like I a lot of people only look at it as a surface level thing, like get girls, whatever, just call it. And I don't know, for, for, for me, it's more than that, right? It's you know, it's a lot of things. But when you when you approach the gym and you know, you think that it makes you like this badass because you know you go and all do all these things. To what degree is it dependent on external stimuli? If that makes any sense, and so are you. It's a mental thing that you you teach yourself to push yourself, essentially, right? To do things that are difficult for you, to do things that you haven't done before, and so would you be able to do the same thing without the music playing? It's an interesting question, right? A lot of people don't have an answer to that, and so there are I think very vocal camps about this. Like some people would agree with me, some of them would be like oh, you're overthinking it, something loser, let people send out. Like, I'm not saying don't do it. Like, I listen to hype music all the time. But I think that if, you, if you're if you like me and you approach the gym with this certain, with the, if you view it as a proving ground, then there is something to be said for testing what you can do or testing what your limits are free of external motivation or stimuli. Like, all the the motivation and the desire to subject yourself to something that's very difficult should come internally free of, you know, external motivators pushing you to do it in the form of whatever song you're choosing. And that's, that's part of why I don't take pre-workout because it's a stimulus that, you know, it heightens your neurological response of our sympathetic nervous system. And so, yes, it may, you know, spike your, you know, capability for a short period of time, but it comes with the drawbacks of caffeine addiction, whatever they may be, caffeine dependency, as well as like it, you know, it prevents, it's just that further removed from this sort of purest aspect of what can I do and how far can I push myself? So I don't know, what do you think? Are you one of those people who are like, shut up and just
2: send it? No, I definitely agree there. It has to be, I think, yeah, like you said, it all depends on why you're stepping foot in a gym to begin with. And is it really to push yourself better yourself? Because you know, people acknowledge the physical benefits of going to the gym and exercising and working out and being healthy and whatnot. But then there is also that mental resilience that you can build up and that sort of toughness and fortitude of your character by being able to be someone who holds themselves, quote unquote, accountable day by day, going to the gym. And it, you know, even just going to the gym is sort of h- half of that motivate motivational uh, battle to actually for a lot, especially for a lot of novices, because like you said, you're doing something you haven't done before. It's new, you're learning. There is that potential to feel like embarrassed and whatnot going into a gym. And, you know, for those, like like you said, it's, it's, it's a personal thing. So if you do have sort of your typical chads who are there just to look, Sort of just do it for, as a purely surface-level thing to, you know, pick up women and whatnot. Then, you know, by all means, for them, do what you want, do what pleases you. And same goes for everyone. But at the end of the day, the people who choose to go in and test themselves physically and mentally, for them, it probably isn't even enough for them to just say, "I need my music to send it," because if you're already of that level of thinking of developing that mental resilience then you're probably thinking to yourself why do i need this music do i actually need this music and that was the exact same sort of conversation i had with myself regarding ammonia i thought do i really need smelling salts to hit a pr and yeah you can say they have like some sort of stimulatory benefit to you like don't get me wrong like you you just get a massive head rush and you feel like you don't feel anything and you do do the damn thing and just lift the weight but at the same time you know that also might lead to you not feeling some sort of abnormality in technique it may lead to you sending it almost I don't say like sending it too much because sending it is sending it but to the point where you're just like stupid with it Uh, oh and then that can also lead to dependency on it to send it Because there's going to be times where you're out there in the real world and you need to sort of dig deep mentally and you're not going to have your, you know, your shaker, your shaker for the pre-workout, your ammonia bottle, your headphones in and you're belted up, ready to go. And yeah, I think a lot can be said for being able to do what you do in the gym without the external stimuli. And that's why there was a point where I was like, all right, I need to cut back on the caffeine I don't take ammonia anymore and then also I feel like that enabled me to play around the music a bit more accurately so I could really sort of understand what what got me hyped what didn't what sort of mood I was trying to get into and then coming off the back of that um was that RP video that we talked about a while back the the three sort of yeah, the three, the three levels of sort of mental focus for a set. And I found that very interesting as well because I definitely feel like in a lot of my earlier training, that first level you said where you're not really that focused and you almost let how heavy the weight dictates your effort to the extent, oh, this weight feels heavy, so it must automatically mean I'm going to fail at this at this point. Whereas actually, if you dug deep and focused on what you're doing, you could probably take it x amount of reps beyond where you think you can go. And then obviously you have level three where you end up muttering Russian to yourself on the pendulum squat and harnessing some sort of childhood trauma or something.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all true. And like, I'm not strong. Like, I'm not breaking world records, so I don't like. What do I need a motor for, right? Like, unless you're actually doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, whatever. I'm like, I don't think I've said anything thus far that's expensive triggering. but this is triggering. This is like, this is my stance, right? This is, this is my hill, come at me. I don't think that the gym should exclusively be the surface level, you know, satisfaction of whatever physical drives you have. I don't think it should be that. And I think if you limit yourself to that, you're, you know, you're missing out, right? You've only, and again, this returns to the brand, right? multifarious strength, this is what I mean by it. You're You're only, Permuting, I think is the right word, one dimension of strength and of fitness. And so to stop there, like, I don't, like, if that was, if that was all I could get out of fitness, I wouldn't do it. Right. If that is all it was to me, then like there'd be no point in it. Right. It's just not worthwhile for me. And so that's why I would say to a certain degree, yeah, I'm not going to say that, but you know what I mean, right. <laughs> <And> it's <cute. laughs> Let's save the more tribute. things for later. But yeah, like I, I just I don't think that there should just be that. And so, if you make the gym more than that, if you demand that it, or if you approach it with the intention that it means more than that, then it changes the way you act, right? It changes the way you do things, changes your choice of stimulants, and how much you take. And so, again, everything should be traced back to this sort of originating or objective thought process. That's what should guide your decisions. And so, if you have that, then you realize the gym is not only for me to look good. Therefore I can take it easy on the ammonia and I can actually push myself mentally. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if you can call it pushing yourself mentally if there's nothing mental about it. It's just you picking a stimulant and letting it take control or do things for you. Right.
2: I don't know. Yeah. And I think a lot a lot a lot of the things with the music, yeah, people let the music dictate how. Far they go, in terms of their headspace. Whereas, with my music selection personally, I use it more on like the emotional flip side, where I think it it's not getting me to where I need to be, but it's a, something that sort of allows me to get to where I need to be. So it it facilitates my own ability. So it's not the sole driver of me getting to where i need to be mentally for a set so if it's a song that or an artist or or whatever that i've sort of thought about internalized and really can relate to then that is probably going to be more beneficial to me because then i can start to look more internally for that driver and motivator whilst that music's playing if that makes sense whereas there's some songs where if I'm really just not feeling it on the day and I just feel a bit wiped out, but I need to get the work done, then I'll throw something on to, as an external driver to get me there. But I think also it's, a lot can be said for having that sort of self-awareness of knowing why you're using it, what you're using it for, and then on the odd occasion that you're not necessarily in the right space to as a baseline to do what you need to do, then using it as that little boost to get you there isn't always a bad thing. But you don't want it to be a crutch. You don't want to have to lean on it every time you train, which you see a lot of people do, especially with their pre workouts, their ammonias, and then the music as well.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think, and again, this is my opinion, if to disagree, people who listen, but I don't think that fitness, lifting, the gym, whatever, should be this, this angry thing or this, you know, very aggressive, this non-thinking thing, because that only perpetuates the, you know, the stigma and the, the, the image that surrounds, you know, bodybuilders, powerlifters, whatever, is that it's, a, it's not a thinker's sport, it's not a thinker's activity, and it's true if that's how you approach it, and if you, if you go into lift with the intent to think less, then, you know, and like there are times for switching it off, right? Like there are times when, you know, when like it just a drop set at the end of your workout. There are times where, you know, shut it off, just push yourself. But I think that there should, there should always be intent. And if you're going to stop thinking, then it should also be with intent. It should have its places in the program. You shouldn't just throw in any intelligence or thought out the window at the very beginning. And be like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to do it. I think just that everything everything people do, you know, like without exception, is better done with intent and with an understanding and a logic behind what they do. And the second that's removed, then I
2: you lose some of the potential benefit. Yeah, no, definitely I agree. And I think especially when you start to look at fitness from a coaching side and you're actually having to Coach people, program for people, whatever you do within the space, you then start to actually realise it is more of a thinking game. From that point of view, everything, because also as a coach, you want to do it to the best of your ability. You want to do what's best for your athlete. So then it, there is a point where you get to, where you can w- walk into the area of paralysis by analysis, where you just actually need to go and do, do the thing that needs to be done, but a smart coach with a well thought out process will be able to know what it is that needs to be done as a base level and then you can think about sort of the minutiae from there and yeah like too many people sort of skip over the minutiae and just see it as this big aggressive meathead thing that it is made out to be and that's the perpetuated sort of stigma around it but in the reality of it for those people who get to the top who, who really sort of succeed in whatever it strength sport or physique sport that requires them to start moving some weight it's so that they, they spend so much time thinking about the process that it's just a plan and they execute and it's there's no, it's there's no necessary sure it's calculated, but then within those sessions, that's when they know like on this set I need to get to that level of arousal mentally but they're not doing that every second of every session and grunting and heaving like you sort of see in movies or you see people stereotype the fitness industry as being like yeah
1: and I this went much deeper than I expected from a music conversation which is good I'm sure and the people who have we haven't lost already. I I, I I really I do believe that. And I think that it all comes down to what you place the most value on, and that is going to dictate your actions. And so, being strong is good. Being strong has physical and health benefits that are necessary, but it should not be looked at as the beyond end all. And so if I'm going to be stronger and bigger, at the cost of my intelligence or at the cost of my ability to think rationally, not gonna do it. So I don't take voids, right? Um, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna trigger some people. But <laughs> like, it's just what do you value most, right? If you look at your physical prowess and your image as the beyond and almost important thing, then it's going to preclude you from understanding or you know preserving yourself in other ways. And so that's really just it, you know, if, What do you value? Why do you value it? And so, like, I am going to consciously choose to not be as strong as I could be, or as big as I could be, if it allows me to benefit myself more tangibly and meaningfully in other ways. Because being strong is not the thing I value most over everything. If and this is this is a difficult thing to talk about or difficult thing to, to explore, but like. If I were paralyzed tomorrow, it would suck a lot. But I would hope that I would retain the mental fortitude to say, my body isn't everything. My strength isn't everything. Because at the end of the day, when I die, that's not going to matter at all. And so, like, I, you know, it would be difficult, catastrophic to me into you know, the things that I do and that I want to do on a daily basis. But it hopefully wouldn't be crippling. Because... I'm able to see more value in life than simply that. But if you don't have that and you hold, you know, your image, you hold strength as this and end all of your purpose in life, you're never going to be happy. And if something happens that prevents you from doing those things, you're going to be, you know, you're gonna take it very, 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 very hard or right. talking.
2: No, I think you hit some very good points there. And- It's all on a spectrum of what you prioritise the most in life. And I know from sort of where we stand and the people we surround ourselves with, the, the misconception could be that everything we do revolves around picking up heavy things. But it's really sort of not the case in the sense that everything we do around picking up heavy things is about you know growing as a person and being able to think critically and also making connections meeting people conversing with people more intelligent than we are Um, and yeah there's a ton of those people in the space that we reside in and and yeah and alongside that it's sort of knowing me and knowing you that ability to like think critically rationalize and whatnot is probably what underpins the willingness that we both show to increase our knowledge in the space and start and keep pursuing further education around fitness and it's not necessarily just pursuing education and fitness for fitness sake but for being able to think more critically around our chosen subject of meat-headedness.
1: Yeah, and like before I get publicly used over in this, I'm not claiming to be the shiny example of morality and I haven't made it to any of, you know, the ethereally you know, profound mindfulness that I've discussed. Like I'm working just as much as everyone else. Like I'm still a vain person. Like some part of me still lifts because I want to look good, you know? And that's like, that's natural, like I'm human, course, I'm prone to, you know, I would say, of course, I'm prone to, you know, weakness from that side. But I think it's all about just trying to remind yourself of these things. Because if I, you know, if I, have I remember those things constantly, and never slipped once, then I would be perfect. But that's not a trait of a human. Humans are not perfect. And so all of that is just to say, that's also the standard that I'm working towards. And I'm just as much sort of in the trenches of, you know, working towards that as anyone else. But it's, it's a mindset that I have found has given me, has enlightened me in some ways and improved my life in some ways. So that's really just my goal. It's helped me, it's, you know, led me to find more fulfillment in life and not allow, you know, the reasons for my happiness for my fulfillment to rest exclusively on my physical accomplishments. And I feel like it's made me a healthier person overall, both mentally, et cetera. And so I feel like if it's helped me, maybe it'll help some people. So I hope that, you know, anyone is able to take that much out of it. Oh,
2: yeah. I think that's great. That's...